All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Savvy Sages. I'm Dr. Joseph, and we have Dr. Anila as well. Um, I'm happy to present today's topic today. The title of our episode today is called Dangers of Defensiveness. Um, I feel like this is a topic that applies to most, if not all of us, um, both in our professional and personal lives. And uh, before we get started, I just want to reiterate that the purpose of this podcast is purely for educational and discussion purposes. It's not to be used as a substitute for actual medical advice. If you do have any particular medical concerns, please ensure that you talk to your own family physician who can best address your needs. All right. And without further ado, defensiveness. Um, Anila, do you want to give us a, a definition and an introduction? Yeah. So... Um, you know, first of all, with defensiveness, the, the way that I think of it is basically anytime somebody feels a threat of some sort. So whether it's because they don't feel like they should have to be held accountable to something or whether it's because they feel like, how dare this person bring this up, then they don't want to have to discuss it. But it, underlying all of it essentially is some kind of a threat. And one thing to just acknowledge is the idea that, like Joe was talking about, probably 100% of us have both been on the receiving end of somebody else being defensive and often, um, and probably all of us have been defensive as well. We probably are, all of us are probably defensive about something uh, during the week, even in our lives. And recognizing and acknowledging the fact that defensiveness is somewhat of a defense mechanism that's often rooted in some kind of a painful experience is really important. So we want everyone here to be able to know that while you're going through these exercises or listening and reflecting on your own defensiveness, recognizing to have some compassion for yourself and knowing that this is something that we pick up during our lives, especially when we're a kid, um, potentially in some kind of a painful experience. So um, our compassion is with all of you as we go on to talk a little bit about defensiveness here too. What about you, Joe? How do you think of defensiveness? Well, I, I tend to see defensiveness as more of an impulse. Um, uh, and then part of that is personally uh, based on some examples in my own life where I do get defensive, but I've realized that it often happens very, very fast without me even being conscious of it. So I feel as though defensiveness is really the impulse to reject and fight back against criticism. Um, and I question, you know, why? Why is that? You know, why is that so, I guess, innate to us? And I feel like it's it's because as human beings, we tend to perceive and be very, you know, protective against threats. I think that's some, that's probably a way that many of us see um, either criticism or any kind of feedback as the potential for a threat. And for us as healthcare professionals, I think we tend to see that and, you know, our fight or flight response gets triggered um, and we seek a means of protecting ourselves. The question is why? Um, I think for many of us, criticism and feedback can be very, very painful. And we all tend to try to avoid as much pain in our lives as much as possible. Uh, and you know, why is it painful? I think it's because we have certain perceptions of ourselves, right? Um, and we feel as though that any particular feedback or criticism may challenge that perception. You know, it may challenge uh, you know, what we see as our characters, our, our values, and our sense of self-worth. And that is something that I feel we need to kind of get past, uh, past, uh, and beyond from. Um, how about you, Ani? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's. I agree. I think it's a reaction to a lot of different feelings that we might have. We might be feeling scared. We might be feeling insecure. Uh, we might be feeling shamed. 
We might want to hide the truth. Sometimes it can be because you want to try to lie about something. It can be because mm -hmm. like there's an attack on character or behavior. Sometimes it's because we don't know how to assert ourselves or because we're feeling mm -hmm. helpless to change and we don't know how to change that. And then sometimes it can be a learned behavior, something we picked up that we started doing when we were younger and it seemed to work because the other person would stop saying whatever they were saying and then we just continue to, to practice that. And one thing I think that's important too is sort of the concept of defensiveness as something that we do sometimes and exploring that versus someone who tends to be a more defensive person. Um, I think probably all of us have some level of defensiveness that we need to work on. And then there are people that probably we've sometimes encountered who just tend to show up defensively often and, and a lot. And I think the difference is, um, although all of us can always do better, grow, grow more and do different things, somebody who tends to be very, very consistently defensive about many different parts of their lives tends to be somebody who perhaps has difficulty with emotional closeness with others, has trouble managing their own emotions, and maybe has some level of control issues or power issues versus many of the rest of us will oftentimes end up feeling defensive. And I think um, exploring first and foremost what it is that is, help, is making us feel defensive in that moment and you know, kind of having that self-awareness is a great place for us to start. Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. You mentioned earlier that it is something that develops from childhood. And one of the ways that I was reading about in terms of defensiveness was seeing it as a coping mechanism and a fairly unhealthy coping mechanism. And oftentimes defensiveness is something that I feel like a lot of us are not truly aware of in our own lives until someone else necessarily points it out. And because we're not aware of it, we're more likely to reject it or being re reject being labeled as being defensive. Um, and so one thing that I wanted to highlight was, you know, how do you recognize defensiveness? And I came across uh, a few characteristics that I wanted to highlight here. So, um, you know, in terms of defensiveness, I know, do we find ourselves being in denial, right? So outright rejecting criticism. So one example that I want to use that is fairly personal to me is being late. I tend to um, run behind on personal engagement, so meetings with friends, family, um, and you know other other aspects of my personal life. And uh, you know sometimes I've you know found myself outright rejecting and, and denying that I'm being late, right? Like, oh, you know, was it really just five minutes? I don't think so. And um, you know that's something that I've found in my own personal life, right? Um, you know, other aspects or other characteristics of being defensive include uh, projection, right? So, you know, attributing, you know, your own personal thoughts to someone else. So you may you may become very angry or very agitated or, you know, feel as though someone, you know, you know, someone has an agenda and attribute those characteristics to someone else when it's actually more accurate about, you know, your own, your own life. Um, defensive people also have very exaggerated responses. Uh, so some of the things that I read up on was, you know, when you do bring up a particular uh, aspect of their life that needs improvement, they may respond with significant angry outbursts or irritation, uh, sometimes physically like banging on a desk. It sounds very exaggerated, but that's often a hallmark of, uh, of uh, defensiveness, right? 
Um, in the more professional environment, there were three uh, three characteristics of defensiveness that I feel like as healthcare professionals we probably see a lot of as well. So one of them was rationalizing, right? So justifying one's actions. So you know, one thing that I found myself doing is when I do run late to meet up with friends um, or meet up with person, you know, for personal engagements. I tend to rationalize it and say, hey, you know what? Well, you know, I'm a professional, I'm very busy, um, and I have so much on my plate that, you know, you know, I, there's a reason why I'm always late. And that's wrong uh, because it creates this underlying belief that my free time is more valuable than others when that's not necessarily true. Um, and so that's something that I notice in my life. Um, in the professional environment, you may also see uh, intellectualizing, where we tend to focus solely on the facts as opposed to understanding the emotional context bet- uh, behind getting feedback and getting constructive criticism, and then of course displacing, right? So um, taking out our personal frustrations or anger on someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about yourself, Tommy? Where have you noticed any of these characteristics of uh, defensiveness in your own life? Yeah, well, first of all, I just wanted to say about the, the, your mention of being late. Um, you know, one of the things I read that was interesting was that it's really also probably about recovery time. I think many of us, when we do end up showing up defensively, I know sometimes I really beat myself up. I could have handled that better. I can't believe I got defensive during this time and I feel really bad about it. Um, and this, I think, is where self-compassion comes in again, is that holding on to that defensive attitude, if you're saying, you know, no, I'm busy, you don't understand, I'm busy, that's a very different mm-hmm. responsiveness than somebody who's able to say, you know, yeah, you're right, I, I did show up late, um, I shouldn't have just defended myself during that moment, but um, I actually, you're right, I'm going to work on this for next time. Mm-hmm. I think, um, the idea of knowing that you were defensive and then letting it go is very different than hanging on to it. Um, the other thing I noticed too is that with defensiveness, it's often a cycle and we have to figure out how to break that cycle. So if the other person shows up really, really, really defensive, it's more common that, that then, you know, um, that the other person who's in conversation with them is going to show up defensive. And then the first person is going to be even more defensive. And then the second person is going to be even more defensive. And it's just a cycle until somebody finally interrupts mm-hmm. or, um, you know, somebody doesn't want to get involved in this entanglement anymore. And so. I think one of the biggest things to start noticing too, and I know I've definitely started to pay more attention to this, is when somebody shows up in a way that's really, really, really defensive, checking in with yourself. Because I think sometimes what people want to do then is um, point out their behavior and say, well, and I've done this as well, and it has not worked, is, you know, saying, hey, you're, you're acting this way, and we focus on their behavior, when maybe what we can start to do is start focusing more on you know, this person is acting really defensive. That means that there's a threat underlying this. Trying to understand mm-hmm. what the threat is for that person. And maybe if we're able mm-hmm. to identify that threat, then we can focus on that and having compassion for that threat. And even if it's you're noticing you're yourself feeling defensive, it's figuring mm-hmm. out where am I feeling threatened? What am I doing that's mm-hmm. going to the threat show up? And then, then you can have more compassion for the threat rather than focusing on the behavior, which then just makes things escalate a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely, absolutely. And um, one thing I want to highlight is um, why defensiveness is such a negative aspect of our lives. Um, Because a lot of people may see, you know, well, you know, I need to protect myself. And again, going back to what we talked about earlier about how a lot of this is learned, uh, either in our childhood, our adolescence, our adult lives, 
many of us grow up in situations where we need to be very protective of ourselves. And I just want to highlight that for a second because the defensiveness can be um, detrimental to your own personal growth because it creates this this barrier, this boundary to uh, opportunities of self-reflection and the opportunity to take the time to make necessary changes. Again, many of us are type A personalities and those personalities have allowed us to succeed, but they've also allowed us to, uh, or sorry, they've also prevented us from making some necessary changes in our lives as well, right? Um, we tend to try to be perfectionists and perfectionism is something that continues to pervade a lot of our lives. And when we hear certain critiques, uh, we feel challenged and that perfectionism also gets challenged. And, you know, looking at the grand scheme of things, that can be a good thing. We don't want to be perfectionists. That is detrimental to our uh, to our growth as individuals, right? Um, you know, I do want to, you know, again, focus on defensiveness as a threat, right? Or as, as the perception of threat. And try and veer away from that and reframe it as something else, right? Reframe uh, criticism and feedback as something else. And we talked earlier about defensiveness as a coping mechanism. I did want to highlight the possibility and the, the efforts towards healthier coping mechanisms when these things come up. What are your thoughts on that, Ali? How would you, uh, how, how can we get past defensiveness? And how can you replace it with healthier coping mechanisms? Yeah, I think one of the first things perhaps is also knowing what are the main causes, like what are the main things that someone presents that might make us feel defensive or we might feel like the other person is being defensive. And one of them tends to be dogmatism. So where I'm right, you're wrong, black and white thinking in some form. Lack of accountability when someone is shifting blame, when there's excuses happening, when someone is, is um, trying to rationalize, just like we were talking about Jill. If we start to feel mm -hmm. like we're trying to control or manipulate us, we tend to feel a little mm -hmm. bit more defensive. Um, if you feel like the other person is withholding information, if they're acting like they're much superior to you, or if they're really critical of you and just trying to criticize or trying to catch you and doing something wrong. Once those things are happening, I think once we recognize that and then we recognize mm -hmm. realize and have some self-awareness, okay, what's about to happen now? I'm, I'm starting to show up in a slightly defensive way or a really defensive mm -hmm. way. And the very first thing I, um, that is is the awareness, the recognition and acknowledgement of it, and then potentially being able to um, be compassionate with yourself. Say, hey, you know, mm -hmm. I'm feeling really scared. I'm feeling really angry. I'm feeling really frustrated. Mm -hmm. And being okay with the fact that you have this emotion and having compassion for yourself in that moment to say, I'm triggered or I'm feeling defensive. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think from there, um, depending on how the other person is also responding, having some level of common ground. What is something, what, how can I, how can me and this other person find one thing to potentially agree on so that mm -hmm. we can work from there rather than try to just say, you know, you're wrong, no, you're wrong, which isn't really helpful in any way. Um, I had a, I had a, a, um, a, an interaction with a friend a couple of months ago um, and I, uh, I had asked her for something and she had told me, and what she took out of it was that she thought that she was, um, I was accusing her of being a bad friend, which actually wasn't on my mind at all. And I actually don't think she's a bad friend. Um, but that's what the first thing she had said was, was she said, you know, you're telling me I'm a bad friend. And I had actually been a little defensive in myself in that moment and had said, well, that's not, that's not what I said. You're putting words in my mouth. I know I could have handled that probably a little bit better. But in the moment, what I wanted to do was, you know, for her, it was the threat. This person thinks I'm a bad friend. Yeah. 
and for me, I think what I probably could have done a better job of was um, potentially saying, you know, tell me more about that. You know, tell. I think questions can be really helpful mm -hmm. once you start to notice the defensiveness coming out to understand how you can get back on some kind of common ground again. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, feeding off your example, I think we need to emphasize the importance of open communication, right? Um, I feel like that's a recurring theme where miscommunication can lead to poor perceptions and poor judgments um, and adverse outcomes when trying to deal with these opportunities for, for growth and change. And I think, you know, recognizing that keeping the flow of dialogue open can help break down that barrier of you know, being overly defensive with certain individuals. And again, recognizing that defensiveness is often something that is learned and developed over time. And, you know, validating individuals, making sure that they're, you know, that they're respected, number one, making sure that they're heard and making sure, like making sure that, you know, whatever advice that you're giving them is coming from a place of love and respect with their best interests uh, in check uh, and in mind. And I think on the opposite end, when we're receiving critiques, it is really important to recognize who is giving that critique. What is your relationship with this individual, right? So I want to take a moment to highlight that there may be situations where that relationship is very toxic. And you mentioned earlier, um, certain individuals do have tendencies for overt control and manipulation. And so it is important to recognize, you know, whether the individual that's giving you this information and this feedback is someone who has your best interests in mind, because we don't want to minimize and ignore that there are people in situations, whether it be professionally or personally, where um, certain critique is used as a means of control and manipulation. So we just want to highlight that as well. Um, you know, when it comes to overcoming defensiveness, I think one thing I want to highlight is the ability to give yourself time to breathe and, and the ability to take time to reflect. So I mentioned earlier that defensiveness almost feels like an impulse, like it happens immediately. And I think one thing that I've been trying to work on is um, when I do get feedback, when I do get any kind of constructive criticism, you know, being able to accept it in the moment and uh, reflect on it and, you know, let the individual know, well, thanks for, for bringing this to my attention. Um, let me think about this. Let me just think about how I'm going to, you know, reflect on this, whether it's something that I've noticed, um, you know, and or if it's something that I've necessarily ignored, um, recognize the patterns, recognize the signs of, uh, of that particular behavior and try to grow from it. Right. Um, because sometimes in the moment we get, you know, with defensiveness, we get very irritated or very angry and that emotion can cloud our judgment. Um, and I think it's, you know, you mentioned the self-compassion, you know, giving yourself time is a form of self-compassion. Giving yourself both time and the space to process what's been said is a great way of getting past the defensive tendencies and being more open to um uh, to opportunities for growth, right? So reframing it, not seeing it as a threat, you know, seeing it as an opportunity for growth, um, seeing it as an opportunity to fight back against the perfectionism that tends to pervade many of our lives, right? Um, and recognizing the need that we need to continually self-improve and evolve because we can always be a better version of ourselves. And we deserve that. We deserve to continue to, be, to live better lives, right? Um, and defensiveness is often uh, an impediment to that. It defensiveness prevents us from living our best lives and making those necessarily uh, necessary changes. 
Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's where I would come from it uh, as well. So yeah, uh, we. I'm just going to ask the part that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. If it is sort of more covert or overt mm-hmm. manipulation, mm-hmm. control behaviors, you know, the idea of defensiveness and um, practicing more compassion for yourself, compassion for the other person, mm-hmm. trying to take a step back. The idea is not to then become, um, you know, not to abandon yourself. And so, if you do find, and sometimes we don't know that the person who's doing that right away, we may not even recognize that that's the behavior they're having. Mm-hmm. And so, I think mm-hmm. one of the important parts is still. Delineating the difference between well, I'm going to show up for this person and get to understand what they're, how they're feeling threatened, and how I can address mm-hmm. that, and how we can be able to find um, some kind of mutual understanding, but not in a mm-hmm. way that I only understand the other person and they don't need to understand me. It, it should be in a balanced mm-hmm. way. And I think one of the things I read that was helpful in this is where boundaries still come back in. So anyone mm-hmm. didn't have a chance to listen to our episode one on boundaries, I would recommend I would put <laughs> that in here again. But um, yeah. still having and practicing boundaries still becomes important in um, mm-hmm. both how you deal with defensiveness and being able to use it effectively in a way where you don't start to feel like, well, I'm just going to become a doormat if I do these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing I just wanted to mention here too is that by having, by being able to do these things and being able to get better at defensiveness, I also think that that's actually where you can have better relationships. Because mm-hmm. when you do either yourself or the other person is defensive, if you can break that cycle and be able to understand where the other person is coming from and they can try to do a better job of understanding where you're coming from, then you're building trust. That is the mm-hmm. underlying foundation of trust is when you're going through these, um, when you're going through these episodes of you know de- defensiveness, the cycle of defensiveness, and you're able to crack it somewhere so that it's not just a continued cycle, now you're building trust. That's where mm-hmm. the goes, you know, even when I'm feeling really scared and threatened, this person's still going to show up for me and they're still going to mm-hmm. have like that. And that's where I think we can strengthen our relationships with friends, family, romantic relationships, mm-hmm. patients, um, anyone who really comes to the uh, people who employ us, anyone who who really we come into contact with. Um, so I don't think defensiveness is necessarily a terrible thing when it shows up, if we can learn right. it and not have it be a cycle. Uh, that's right. we can actually benefit from it in some ways. Yeah, absolutely. You you always want to surround yourself with people who have your best interests in mind. Uh, and oftentimes those are not people who are always going to agree with you or say yes to you every single moment, right? You want people to, to give you constructive feedback and constructive criticism so that you can definitely, you know, work towards, you know, fulfilling your own potentials. Uh, fantastic. Um, I know this, this topic is very, very broad, but as usual with every topic, we do encourage our listeners to self-reflect and, and look on, you know, look at areas of your life that may be more defensive. And I think it's important to also recognize that defensiveness can also be a spectrum. There may be aspects of our life that are, you know, we tend to be mildly defensive and there may be aspects of our lives that are, you know, we are more seriously and or more strongly defensive. And ask your question, you know, ask ask yourselves why, you know, question yourself and ask, why am I uh, so passionately defensive about this one particular area of our life? Because we can learn so much about ourselves and, and make necessary changes. That's the biggest key, actually, is um, when you feel mm-hmm. like something that's being presented to you and your reaction to it is out of proportion to what's being said or done. I think that's the biggest thing to pay attention to is why am I reacting mm-hmm. so strongly to this? Some mm-hmm. seems like it's not that big of an issue, and then exploring that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Ani. As uh, as always, uh, we hope 
uh, you enjoyed this topic, and um, we know it's been a little while since our last episode. Uh, Ani and I have been fairly, fairly busy with our practices, but we're hoping to get back to having more wellness sessions. And、uh, we'd love to hear your feedback in terms of how defensiveness plays a role in your life as well.、Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode, and we hope to hear from you soon. Take care, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.